Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. As with last week, I feel that it is most beneficial to point you to the Word of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, the handful of you that are here, even less than last week, uh, y'all going to have to really shout your amens this morning. So uh, there's just a few folks in the building this morning, and they're spread out real good. And uh, so thank you uh, for joining us here, and thank you all of you who have joined us online. But I want to take you to what is perhaps my favorite psalm today. Um, it makes me joy in my heart when I consider this psalm, and, and I know it'll bring you comfort and peace during this strange and perilous time. But before I do that, I need to be pastoral for a few moments because I, I want to briefly consider this COVID-19 or coronavirus from a global end times perspective. I know that the body of Christ is wrestling with this issue perhaps like never before. You're, you're thinking, what is going on? You should be thinking that way. And so I want to take a few moments on the front end of my message to give you a compact and very simple um, view that I hope will help you navigate these strange waters that we are in right now at this time. We are in the end times from a biblical sense. I'm pausing for effect. I want you to get catch that. If you you'd have to be deaf, dumb, and biblically blind uh, to not recognize we are in the end times. Amen. Having said that, I would have said the same thing four months ago before I ever knew anything about coronavirus. So let me narrow the scope as it applies specifically to this time or this specific situation. This is one of those clear markers that indicates we are in the last days. All right, so... Um, let me explain this to you. Let me use, like, do like Jesus did, almost in parable-like form, when Jesus would make statements or tell stories. If you're familiar with this area of the country, and specifically our region, the Lehigh Valley, we have... I-476, also called the Northeast Extension, and the exit for it on Route 22 in our area is exit number 56. 
from the north region or the north end of the northeast extension, I believe it starts at 104, something like that. It's somewhere just north of 100. Again, I remind you, the Allentown exit is number 56 on those markers. And if you started, let's just say north of 100, and north of 100, the marker was um, the time of the apostles. New Testament days, literally, in the time of the apostles. That was 100. I believe we passed marker number 60 at this stage. Heading into Allentown, if that was 56, I believe we're past marker number 60. When you hit marker number 60, you can no longer just kind of carry on with business as usual. This is not a time for business as usual. This isn't business as usual. You should be full on alert right now. We've inched closer. This is another sign I want to point out to you. We've inched closer to a global governing system with the world's response to this virus. Closer to it. We've inched closer to it. With the way that the entire world has responded, we are now operating in in cohorts. And and so, um, yeah, you can see that now as a sign. The global financial markets are reeling and many systems right now are shaky. Hear me when I say this. Everything shaken is shaking now. That's biblical and it's in times speak. The movement Here's another sign. So we've got this this global governing system. We're inching closer to that. I know some of you think that's so far-fetched and it can't happen. Come on. If you're paying any attention to all what's going on around the world, that's happening right now. And the financial markets, we're all interconnected. And a part of that, the movement towards, here's another sign that I want to help you see, towards a non Cash operational system is a clear precursor to the mark of the beast. And that has been talked about even with the distribution of this, um, uh, what are we getting, a stimulus package that's coming to us as a people here in the United States. It's a movement toward a non-cash operational system and again, as that conversation increases, your ears should perk up. Biblically based people should automatically go to, okay, so now I see how they can do the mark of the beast, how it could work. Now, let me shift gears for a moment, but still along the same lane. I don't what think what is happening to the church in America because of this virus is persecution. I'm going to pause and let you think on that for a moment. What is happening to the church in America because of this virus is not persecution. If you think that, that is a slap in the face of every other nation where people are really being persecuted. 
And I don't confuse that with this issue. The church has been far from silent during this outbreak. Far from silent. I already said to you on the start of our, our service this morning, our reach has gotten more broad. We've gone deeper, further, and wider with our reach right now. This isn't persecution. If, the, if this is persecution, then the devil has messed up as bad as he did with Jesus on the cross because the church is not silent. Our reach has increased, not diminished. If what has happened, however, has caused you fear that the end is upon us, and the, the, and the result of that is that you fall on your face and turn to Christ, well, then that is exactly what you should do. All of us will eventually face the end of our lives or the rapture, and so you need to be ready regardless. And so if this has caused you some level of fear and you've fallen on your face and you've returned to God, some of you are listening to me right now, you've been so backslidden, your, your relationship with God is so weak, you wouldn't be able to withstand if the mark of the beast was uh, presented before you. So fall on your face. Get right with God. Use this as a, an opportunity. And listen to me. You believers, if you're running around frantic and fearful, don't get confused. This is not the tribulation period. We are not in tribulation. This is so far not tribulation or from being tribulation. So please don't confuse this. I do have a word for you that may be in a state of fear and, and, and worry and being frantic during this time and wondering what's going on. I have a word for you from Psalm 27 that we're about to get to. Listen to me as I close out this little bit. If you are praying more, if you're reading your Bible and quieting yourself before God more than ever before, if you're spending, even if you're spending time with family, if you're rediscovering the beauty of simple things, if you're taking walks with your family and just quieting yourself a little bit more, then I think all of this is good and for our good. Spend time with God. Use these special moments. Come on. You know what's going to happen. You, come on. You know what's going to happen. Whenever and commerce continues and stuff goes on. Listen, I believe this is a divine Sabbath that we've been given. I believe that. Because people are able to slow down for a minute and just take some time with God. So, so listen, whenever we crank back up, you know we're going full bore. People are going to be right back to the running and the doing and the going and the back and forth and forgetting God. I don't want to see that happen, and especially with the body of Christ. You claim to be know Christ as your Lord and Savior. This ought to be a wake-up wake call to the church. Slow down. Spend time with God. Get alone with God. Develop your personal worship life. Do it right now. If all you do is what you get from Sunday to Sunday or worse, then you are weak fail and you will not be able to withstand the onslaught of the enemy let's get into the word though 
You can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, I told you this is one of my, probably my favorite psalm. I know everybody loves Psalm 23 and we can quote it, but Psalm 27 is probably my favorite psalm because of what is smack dab in the middle of it. It is my heart. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my light and my salvation So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, My heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. Ah, this gets so good. I can't wait to preach this. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then... I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Thank you, Lord, that this word is sharp, it's ready, it's alive with your power and your anointing. And I know, God, you're going to help me to convey this word just like I have received it in my heart. And you're going to meet every man, woman, and child that's listening to the sound of my voice. You're going to meet them today with this word. And you're going to pick people up. That downtrodden one, that fearful one, that one that's still shaking in their boots, the one that found out this week that they, their job, they can't continue to pay them. Lord, you're going to speak into their lives and their faith will rise today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're taking notes, write this down, Roman number one, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. I want to pause before I go any further, and I'm going to ask you right now on the front end, stay with me, please stay with me till the end. You need to hear this word. You need to let me get through verse 8 again, because I got. I know this will encourage you. I know this will strengthen you during this difficult time, so stay with me. Please let me develop this, this psalm, and I'm just doing these eight verses, and, 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 and stay with me, please. Let's pause for a moment, though, and look at the writer. He's already a king. He's already a king. Why do I say that to you? Because 
You are the king of kings kid. Come on, even in your house right now. You're the son or daughter. Your parents turned. I'm a king's kid. No, 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 no. We need to rephrase it. We need to rephrase it. I am the king of kings, kid. The king is. His position. So he's already. His position with God is firmly established. To start out, it's, it's his positioning with God. Established. Is your position in God firmly established? Yes. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, then it ought to be firmly established so you know who you are. Check that. You know whose you are. I'm the king's kid. So there's another thing or two that we know about this. David, the psalmist that writes this psalm, he's a well-established worshiper. He's a well-established worshiper. Are you a well-established worshiper? Are you a well-established worshiper? I mean, he was solid at this point. He's already written many songs. He's a well-established worshiper. And David has gone through many difficult battles. That's another thing we know about him at this point in this stage in the writing of this psalm. He's gone through many difficult battles. I know I'm talking to people that are going through a battle right now. So I know this is a right word for a right time and a right season. You need to receive this word today. You see, because God is our hope in all of our difficulties. Oh, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Even in your home, shout hallelujah. the message. Don't go quiet on me in your house. David proclaims that God is his salvation. God is the one to turn to for a right word and and your assurance right now in this time. God is the one to turn to. He is the one to put your faith and hope and your confidence in. God is the one. David proclaims, God is my salvation. He's the one that will rescue you. Come on, who are you looking at right now for hope? Oh, church, turn your praise on at this moment. Give him worship. Give him honor. Bless his name. Tell him he's good. Remind him of who he is. Remind him of who he is. The more you understand who God is, the more you understand who God is, you will be lifted up. You will be strengthened. And I can assure you that God will be faithful to you. Has this virus caused you to tremble? I remind you, really as I've said in the two previous weeks, that God is your fortress. David repeats that here, but God is your fortress. He is a strong tower. He is the one who is the wall between you and your enemy. 
We have an unseen enemy that's trying to devour us, but if God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody. Amen. If you feel this enemy is crouching at your door, send it back to hell from whence it came. Send it back. God will be faithful to you. Alright, Roman numeral 2, if you're taking notes. When under attack, comma, stand. When under attack, comma, stand. Write that down. Verse 3, here it is. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Hallelujah. Do you know the Bible does not proclaim that you'll never be attacked? In fact, Jesus himself said it. In this world, you will face trial, tribulation, difficulty. Now that isn't where that verse ends. Because Jesus goes on to say, but, you know, be encouraged. I've overcome. But he doesn't proclaim you won't face attack. However, what he does tell us and remind us in this passage is that faith will propel you to not be afraid. (laughs) Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. David knew something about that. Right? He knew something. Come on, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saul sends out his vast army to go after David, and at best, he had 600 men in his best times. And here's the whole army of Israel under Saul's command. He knew what it was like to be under attack. You know what it's like to be under attack. And yet David can say, my heart will not be afraid. Well, how can you avoid fear when you are under attack? By the way, fear is an emotion. That doesn't mean it's not real. And God understands that. Really, I want you to hear me say that. God understands the emotion of fear. But he wants, and so don't deny it. Don't deny that you have it, but don't deny who God is at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You need to recognize whose you are. So That's how you avoid fear when you're under attack. By understanding whose you are and, and what He has done for you. Hallelujah. What do you, you need to recognize the... Write this down. This is good for your notes. You need to recognize the already done work of the cross of Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? You need to recognize, we just did this at communion. The already done work of the cross of Jesus Christ. He already accomplished our victory. You know what happens, what we celebrate next Sunday. You know what we celebrate, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He already defeated the enemy. 
It's time that the body of Christ take on this kind of warrior spirit that David has. He's not saying there's, there's nothing to be concerned about. He's saying that even though I know I am surrounded by an army, I still will be confident. David's confidence came from battles won. Did you hear me say that? His confidence came from battles won. So haven't you won some battles? Come on, you're listening to me in your living room. You're listening to me in your bedroom. You're laying back on your pillows, all comfortable. Are you listening to me? Haven't you won some battles? God's been faithful to you. Recognize. Come on, church. Recognize. David had mighty men, but he also had confidence in a mighty God. What does that mean? That means that David did the practical. He would have been washing his hands. 20 seconds. He might have been social distancing. He would have done the practical. He had mighty men. He had men that were capable more than the average men. Come on. Come on, church. Recognize the truth. <laughs> but he understood who his real source was. He understood that. That's what kept him from being afraid. He had men that would, would give their lives for him. He understood that. You already had someone who gave his life for you. He defeated your enemy. There's nothing that could come to you that he can't handle. And that's how we will win this battle. Understanding that God is our real source. He's a very present help in a time of need. That's also something that the psalmist wrote. God is our refuge and strength, Psalm 46, verse 1. A very present help in trouble. Present help. Aren't you glad for a present help? Thank you, Jesus. Let's get to my third, third point here. So Roman numeral number three, if you're taking notes, chasing the presence of God. Chasing the presence of God. It's verse 4. And this, again, I know, there's a lot, there's so much good scripture to be able to narrow down one. But I, I, at least my Old Testament favorite, this is it. The one thing I ask of the Lord. The thing I seek most. Is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. If anything positive has come out of this pandemic, it should be that you are pursuing God now more than ever. I'm okay with that. Because God will use this vile evil. I don't believe God brought it. But God will use this vile evil to draw men towards Him. Amen. Amen. Yes. 
If you're pursuing God now more than ever, that's a great thing. Notice that the psalmist is crying out to God for his presence. I, I, he's crying out to God for his presence. You need to hear that, church. I'm going to repeat it. He's crying out to God for his presence. The one thing. You hear it? The one thing. Now, think about that for a moment. Think about it for a moment. Coming from a guy who could have anything he wanted. Literally. Anything he wanted, he could afford to have it happen. And he had the people that surrounded him that would make it happen. So I repeat it. Because I need everybody listening to my voice right now to hear it. The one thing I ask, that which I seek the most. Do you suppose that now King David missed the simplicity of his quiet times alone with God when he was a young boy shepherding sheep? When he's learning how to play that harp. You suppose that he's missing that moment? I tell you right now, I know he is. Because there's people, you're listening to, do, to me right now. His life had become so busy now that he is king that finding quiet time and being alone with God was next to impossible. And you hear it in this. You hear it in this psalm. The one thing. The one thing I desire the most right now, Lord, I just want to be alone with you. I just want to get in your presence and be with you, Lord. You get busy in your adult life, and like I said a moment ago, it's going to happen. We're going to crank it back up. It'll happen. I know it seems like forever right now, but the end of April will come. And I don't care whatever other dates, if they do extensions and this and that, I will rebel at some point very soon. But regardless, uh, if they do extensions and this sort of thing, it's going to change. It's going to change. You're going you're to get back to your busyness. And that's what happened in David's life. He had become a king and... Now he's running a kingdom and he's amassing of great fortune and he's got things he's got to take care of and, and, and he's amassing a, a huge fortune so that he can build the temple. So he's busy. That's what I'm telling you, he's busy. And I'm counting on some of you. I know what's going to happen. You're been, you've been missing fellowship so, so much that whenever we do actually open our doors for the first time and... and Whoever says that it's okay for us to get back together again, you're going to fill this place up. Hallelujah. You're going to fill this place up. Some of you are going to hurt a brother or sister that you haven't hugged in a month or more. Has your love for God been reawakened? That's what David's talking about right here. I long for the presence of God. Don't you find the presence of God the greatest place you can be? Don't you find that? Hallelujah. So David clearly longed to build the temple. 
And that's what you hear being crying, his crying out in, in Psalm 27. He longed to build the temple. Now we know this about him. God said, you're not going to do it. I'm going to let your son do it because you've been a man of war. Would to God, though, that our passion for the presence of God was as strong as David's was. The one thing I ask. Hear it again. The one thing I desire most is to be with you in your presence, Lord. That's what the temple represented for him. You understand that, right? I'm not confused in what I'm saying to you. David clearly loved God, and he loved being in his presence. And it's one of the primary reasons he wanted to build the temple. He saw what was happening around him. He saw what his life had become, and he said, I just want to, rebuild. I want to build the temple. He recognized that his strength... This is something you're going to want to write down. I'm just giving you a heads up. I know this is from the Holy Spirit. He recognized that his strength grew or increased exponentially in direct correlation to abiding in the presence of God. That's a fancy way of saying, if you will, that get in, when you get in the presence of God, you grow stronger. So he recognized that his strength increased exponentially in direct correlation to abiding in the presence of God. Notice what happens, though, between verses 4 and 6. I want you to catch this. As I was preparing for this this week, this is, wow. I'll read verse 4 again, but I want you to pay attention to verses 5 and 6. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple, for He will conceal me there when troubles come. Where will He conceal you? In His presence. He will hide me, verse 5 continues, in His sanctuary. He will, hear the words, He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Watch verse 6. Then, underline it in your Bible. Highlight it if you have a highlighter. Then, what does that mean? Connected to everything I just read to you, the one thing I ask, getting in the presence of God, coming into the presence of God, then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices. You can't do it based on somebody else's Getting in the presence of God. Nobody else can go there for you. It's your business to get with God. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will, David says, I will. I can't rely on my singers. I can't rely on my musicians. I have hundreds of them that will do an amazing job. But I'm not relying on them. I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. In other words, I'll continue giving 
and I'll do so with joy, and I will sing and praise the Lord with music. Abiding in the presence of God results in a lifting of your spirit. Write that down. Abiding in the presence of God results in a lifting of your spirit. I got something else you're going to need to, you're going to want to write down. And you, cause you'll keep it in context. If you write it all down, sit with God and you'll stand against your enemy. Sit with God and you'll stand against your enemy. Whatever the devil throws at you, you've been in the presence of almighty God. Remember you are the King of Kings kid. You sit with Him. You abide with Him. You spend time in His presence. Not, not relying on everybody else and everything else. I don't care if you need to be propped up a little bit with some worship music in the background, but you get alone with God and you'll stand whenever the enemy comes against you. Let me close this thing down today. Conclusion. Where does my help come from? I know you know the answer, but... I'm going to take a water break. Open back up to look at verses 7 and 8 now. We're closing it out. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, See what happens when you get alone in the presence of God? My heart has heard you. Who's the you? That'd be a capital Y. Because it's God. My heart has heard you say, Lord. Hey, if y'all can find that in the Amplified, somebody pull up the Amplified of verse 7. I want to see if they got a little bit, they'll amp it up a notch. Uh, verse 8 is actually the verse I need, I'm sorry. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me, and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. <laughs> my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me, and, and my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Who and what are you running to? Anybody got that on the Amplified that's in the sanctuary? Read it. Come on, Dylan. Just read it in the microphone. From the Amplified, verses 7 and 8. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious and compassionate to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face in prayer, require my presence as your greatest need. My heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek on the authority of your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Who and what are you running to? If we build our lives on any other foundation, it is destined to crumble. All the systems of this world are in a perilous place right now. All of them. 
and people are scrambling, trying to set things in order. Worried and fearful. If we don't quarantine, if we don't spend time away from people, our hospital systems will be literally overrun. So systems are in peril. There's only one true safe place. I'm going to say it again as I close out my message today. Your strength will grow exponentially in direct proportion to dwelling in the presence of God. That's what Psalm 27 tells me. That you would hunger, that you would thirst to be alone with God. That's what I want to encourage you in. Those of you who have treated your relationship with God like it was secondary, and okay, as long as I get into heaven, I'm good. Stop. Get to a place where you're passionate about your relationship with God. You know, if there's anything that I've noticed during all of this, I thought, you know, if this could do what this has done to so many believers, I think we're susceptible to taking the mark of the beast. I'm afraid that we're susceptible to it because we won't even recognize it when it's happening. And we're so weak. Well, we just got to be, you know, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of that. This doesn't mean anything. Come on. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Focus on this that David focused on. With all of the busyness and the strangeness of his life as, as to what it is. Think about what he's gone through. He's, he's helping. He's encouraging the king. And the king's trying to kill him. And he has to run away after he's already been anointed to be the, the king. And when he had opportunities to kill the current king, Saul, he doesn't do so because he honors authority. Something in that right now, somebody should hear. When he could have, he chose to humble himself and walk in faith and confidence in God that God would pick him up and put him in position at the right time in the right moment. He was confident in God. Will you become confident in God? No matter what you're facing, no matter what it is right now, no matter how it feels, seek the presence of a mighty God. Pray with me. If you're home and you're, if you've been home and you're sitting or lying on your bed, stand up for a minute. You've, you've sat for long enough. In these trying moments, Hear the heart of God in verse 8 saying, Come and talk with me. Hear the heart of God. This is the heart of God. This is God speaking into the heart of the psalmist David in this case. Come and talk with me. God is inviting you into His awesome presence. God's mercy won't deny you. He will gladly welcome you in love. Let me pray this prayer with you. Anybody listening to me right now, whether live or you catch it somewhere down the line, if you're not in a right relationship with God, say it right now in this moment. 
God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Lord, I commit my life to you. I am yours. And if you're praying that prayer, if you said that right now, or even if you're in a backslidden condition, but you're, you're coming, you're getting it right with God right now, say, Father, I'm yours. Get in a good church, a good Bible-preaching church that believes that Jesus Christ is your only hope of salvation. And start following the Lord. Make it a daily thing. Make church a couple times a week thing. But make following Christ an everyday, every minute thing. Our theme for this year is every moment for His glory. Every moment for His glory. Start living like it really matters every moment. Now, Jesus, those who have listened to the sound of my voice, believer, whether they're on shaky ground or solid ground, confident or not so confident, God, meet every person where they are right now in this moment. Strengthen them at their core. Heal them of any hurt, anything that's causing fear, whatever they've walked through that's causing them fear. God, pull them out of it. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray and believe just now. Amen. And amen. Listen, if you prayed to receive Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Whatever point in this broadcast that you have heard me and we've, you've prayed that prayer, please connect with us in some form or fashion. And listen, also, along with that, would you please um, connect with us? Listen, if I gave a word or I prayed for somebody and you got healed, we love to hear those testimonies. We need to hear those. They encourage us to continue on. They encourage me specifically to keep uh, allowing God to use me in that fashion. So if you've been healed or I spoke a word any time over the past three weeks, and you've not gotten word to us, would you do that? If it was God that was touching that one that had the, uh, the, the migraines, the headaches that emanate from the back of their neck or the thump, the person with the arthritis in your thumb and uh, you're uh, biting, or grinding your teeth, that sort of thing. I love to hear about those things so that we know that we're on track and doing the work of the Lord right now in this moment. I love you. Please stay tuned in to us. Listen to us. We'll send out the videos during this week to let you know what's going to be happening this coming Sunday. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. And stay quiet before God. Get in His presence. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift 
to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here in taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.